You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing today? Hey, it's 17 degrees out today. Nice balmy day out there. Aren't you glad you don't live in Buffalo, New York, where they got five feet of snow? Hey, it's called perspective, right? And uh, hey, we, we live stream our second gathering. Would you give it up for those watching online? So glad you could join us today and glad you're here. And um, man, happy Thanksgiving. How many of you guys are going to eat too much this week? How many of you guys have already thought you've eaten? No, don't raise your hand. Okay. Um, my name's Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here. We're in a series called For Better or For Worse. And uh, the first gathering today took me aside. A couple of them, the guys, are you still going to be married after today? They says, your wife's going to be upset. My wife and I, my wife knows that when we talk about marriage, we just talk. We're, how many want to know, I bleed red like the rest of y'all. You didn't know that? And I put my, leg, my pants on my legs on, my le- pants on one leg at a time. In other words, we're talking about marriage, but when we talk about marriage, um, I, 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 I'm going to just talk a little bit about, you know, my wife, we've been married for 26 years, we love each other, and uh, we have a great marriage, it hasn't, we've always, we've had some struggles, anyone here had struggles in your marriage ever? Um, and uh, uh, if there's a bunch of you that are married without your hands up at all, boy, you're lying. <laughs> it's a sin to lie. <laughs> and so... So I hope the ushers were watching, what, you know, because there's going to be fire coming from heaven. No, um, But uh, we're, we're going to look at the Garden of Eden today. Let's kind of start out looking at it from, from creation into Genesis 3. You know, because here's the deal. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, it changed everything. You know, Apple thinks that when an iPhone 4 came out, and I'm an Apple guy, but when iPhone 4 came out, it said this changes everything. I'm telling you right now. That, that it might change things in the communication world when iPhone 4 came out, but I'll tell you what changed everything for all time, for all people in history, was when Adam and Eve sinned, it changed the playing field when it comes to, to marriage and relationships. In fact, uh, uh, and so chapter 1 of Genesis, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, he, he, he created a man as his crowning jewel, and, and he put him in the garden and said, name the animals. I think there's a reason for that, is God had Adam naming the animals, and he realized that's a moose, and that's a moose, and one has horns, and one doesn't, and that one has babies, and that one can't have babies, but how was a part of having, okay, and then there's, and they started naming all the animals, and I think he kind of realized, wait a second here, where's mine? And I think one day he saw an ape and thought, nope. Too hairy. <laughs> and, and I think in God having him name the animals, God was showing him their sides, parts of him that would be completely incomplete without the crowning achievement of God's creation, which is God always makes a rough draft before he makes the final copy, right? Okay, I'm going to tell him a story I told first service. <laughs> so you hear how it happened when God goes to Adam, he says, it's not good for you to be alone. And I got an idea, and God, Adam says, well, what's your idea? He said, I want to create a wife for you, a helpmate for you. So, well, really? And, and God says, there's only one problem. It's going to cost you something. And Adam goes, I don't, have, I don't have much. He goes, what's it going to cost me? And God says, an arm and a leg. And Adam starts thinking. He goes, 
what can I get for a rib? <laughs> if you'd have laughed at that first one, I wouldn't have told that one, okay? Because all the ladies were like, they booed me last service. Like, they pulled out the flags, like, fire him, you know? And, 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 but, but, but that's why I shared that God always makes a rough draft before a final copy. And then the girls went, oh, golf clap. Good job, Mark. Um, but God, so it's creation. But then... In the, in the garden, he, he puts him in the garden of Eden, and Eden means delight. I mean, it's a delightful place. It was a place where, uh, it, it was a place we knew that God would come down in the evening and walk with them. Anyone here would like, anyone would like to walk with Jesus every day in the garden? You know? And, and, uh, and some people call him Andy. Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. Never mind. I'm going to go back to my notes. <laughs> Sorry. Puts him in the garden and says, you can eat from every tree in the garden, but the day you eat from this one tree, you'll surely what? Die. And we know the serpent walks in. This was prior to the serpent, uh, you know, a snake crawling on the ground. Because we, we, the Bible does not say, we, we know his, the curse was when God cursed the snake now to, to crawl on the ground. And, and so... Um, we, and we know that Eve is talking to this serpent, so at one time, women weren't scared of snakes. That's not supposed to be funny. That was just a fact, okay? <clears throat> but in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7, you know, he says, you can eat from every tree, but the day you eat from this one tree, you'll surely die. The temptation comes, and, and we know that Eve ate, gave it to Adam. And, and then it says this in verse 7, and this is the day that changed everything and we still wrestle with the side effects of this today. It says, at that moment, their eyes were opened. And they suddenly felt, felt. Not only was the fall a spiritual deal where we're all spiritually dead, our emotions fell that day too. They suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. It doesn't say they felt guilt because they're naked. They felt shame. How many want to know shame comes from the devil? Guilt is I did bad. I ate from the tree I wasn't supposed to eat. That's guilt. Shame is I am bad. Now, how many want to know guilt and shame are two separate things? We are not what we did. We can be forgiven for what we did. I am guilty. I don't know about you. I've done, I've, I am guilty in need of someone to save me and forgive me. But I am not what I did. I can be a son and daughter. Or no, I can't be a daughter. But we can be sons and daughters of the Most High God who forgives us. But the moment they ate, the moment they ate, shame entered the world and now shame-based thinking is here and now we have people who think they're bad because all they see is their nakedness all they see is their flaws all they see is the parts of their life that they are, are, are scared and so what does it say so they sewed fig leaves together to what cover themselves it was man's attempt to hide their shame from God and others. So they, showed, they sewed fig leaves together to, to hide themselves uh, and to cover themselves. It's the great cover-up. Today I want to talk about the great cover-up. 
Because, uh, uh, you know, in marriage, th- th- there's times that when we get, when we get into marriage, we, we take our guilt, our shame, we take things into our marriage, and it affects how we interact with, him, uh, with our spouse. So here in the Garden of Eden, it's the first marriage relationship. It's, it's for this reason a, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. The two will become one. They will leave and they will cleave. And, and, and so marriage is God's idea, always has been God's idea, and always will be God's idea. Male and female coming together. That's God's design. And, and, and so I, I want to look today. I, I, and so it goes on in verse 8. Chapter 3, it says, when the cool evening breeze was blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. So they'd covered, sewed fig leaves to cover their, 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 their nakedness and their, their, what they felt was shame, and now they're hiding among the trees, and, and as if the all-knowing God who created the heavens and the earth doesn't know where they're at, Right? And when God called to the man, he said, where are you? As if God didn't know where they were. God wanted them to know where they were. How many want to know God knows everything about us and still loves us? But the issue is not God knowing where we are at. It's us coming to an understanding of where we're at so we can identify where we're at and take ownership for where we're at. And the situation we've created that is a challenge. He says, where, where are you? Adam, Adam replied, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was, what? Afraid. Because I was naked. This, it's the first time we see fear has entered the human race and fears entered the human race because he had what? He was scared. He had fear because he was what? Because he was naked. And, and I want to propose to you today that, that fear and shame and our attempts to cover up our fear and our shame uh, uh, is, is why so many marriages and so many interpersonal relationships struggle. And, and there's this, because, because there's this, there, there's, we all have nakedness. When I say naked, I don't just mean our biological take our clothes off nakedness. I'm talking about we all have areas in our life. In fact, I, the, the Bible is a double-edged sword that will that'll what? Divide joints and marrow and, and pull everything apart. Why? Because, and, and, and when the word of God judges us, it's going to pull us and we're going to lay, be laid bare before God and God's going to know. God already knows what we already are. We can't be scared. We can't be full of fear, but we cover up. And so today I want to talk about three ways fear ruins marriage. And let me also say beyond that, interpersonal relationships. Fear ruins relationships. And I want to look at three ways from, the, from Adam and Eve, from this story in the garden, at three ways that fear is affected and influenced its way and how it manifests in our relationships. Number one, if you're taking notes in the worship guide, number one, when we fear our faults. Anyone here have faults? Raise your hand real high. Okay, the rest of you, you have a fault called lying. (laughs) We all have faults. We all have to be honest about that. We all have faults, especially for people who are looking for them. 
and we see our own. But when we fear our faults, we become defensive. Say defensive. And how many want to know, defensiveness doesn't work good in marriage? Defensiveness. You ever met someone when you talk, you, you, you address them about a situation and they get defensive? Right? And, and, and a part of defense is, is we have defense mechanisms. You ever heard of that? Defense, ways we, ways we deal with, with, with challenging situations. And, 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 and some of us with our defense mechanisms, we just kind of blow it off and hope it never, hope, hope it just goes away. It doesn't just go away. And so in marriage, uh, uh, marriage brings out all of our inadequacies, all of our fears. Why? I mean, I, I, I always tell people that I'm smarter than my wife. And some people look at me like, you are arrogant. Let me finish the statement. I'm smarter than my wife because I married her and she married me. That makes me a lot smarter than her. I got a much better deal than that woman got. Know what I'm talking about? There's days you like, you robbed the deal market. That's what I did. My wife goes garage sale and still hoping she finds a better husband. No, she doesn't. I'm joking. I'm joking. But, but in marriage, when, when you're married, you, you, you now, I mean, you, you, it's a romantic. You start looking at each other and you're like, then you start catching eyes and you don't look away and and then you you know you might hold their hand eventually and well for us it led to we finally got married and then we had children oh my you want to multiply your problems okay you ever seen your kids like it's like oh no that's what I look like when I do that but when you get married one thing that happens is you can't escapes the wrong word um (laughs) You're, you're, you're together through the good and the bad. And see, when I was, when I was single, I was a workaholic. And, and, I, 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 and the reason I was a workaholic is because I knew I had faults. But if I worked hard enough, I could create an environment where no one saw my faults because I was so organized. That, but when you get married, guess what? It's all there. And I don't know how you cover your faults up. But Adam and Eve, they covered their faults up with defensiveness. When fear entered the world, all of a sudden, fear of their nakedness caused defensiveness. And we see this when, 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 G, when God starts talking to them. And, and God says this in, in verse 11. Who told you that you were naked? Because he's a verse earlier we read. He said, well, we're, we're hiding. Why? We're hiding because we're naked. Where are you? I'm hiding because we're naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord asked. Have you eaten? And this is what he says. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? He's asking a question. Adam never answered the question. The question was, did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from? Why? Who told you you're naked? Did you eat from that tree? And what's his response? I, it was the woman you gave me, God. 
I want my rib back. <laughs> so, woman, you gave me who, who gave me that fruit that I ate. It's almost defensive. It's almost like I wouldn't be here in this situation if you wouldn't have given me that woman. And so then God goes to the lady and says, uh, uh, the Lord asks the woman, what have you done? The serpent deceived me, she said. So Adam, so, so let's, let's track it back. Eve blames the serpent. Adam blames the woman, but ultimately he's blaming God because, because there's two typical, that's a typical reaction when we get defensive. We pass the buck, we blame others, we don't like to admit that perhaps we ate from the tree we weren't supposed to. Yes, it's my fault, but for me to I, I, there, there's a fear we have about actually taking responsibility for our faults so it's easier to pass the block and blame. And you've heard me say it before. When you blame, you're being lame. Don't be lame. Don't blame. They're blaming. And, 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 and there's a book that Dr. Henry Cloud wrote, wrote a series of books on boundaries. I don't know if you've ever read the books on boundaries, but I would encourage you, if you don't have bound, strong boundaries, or you, you, you people, pe people seem to always, it, I, I, anyone here, would any of you here be okay with your neighbor deciding that the great place to put their garbage is on your front porch? Now, if your neighbor decides to dump their garbage on your front porch, what are you going to do? Now, Alaska's not a good place to try that, I don't think, because most of us carry. For a couple more weeks in Oregon, they are, never mind, okay. Um, but if somebody dumps garbage on your, on your real estate, on your front porch, you take ownership for that. The challenge is, is when, when people dump their emotional baggage on your front porch, you don't always have good boundaries to say, excuse me, those are my boundaries. You can't go there. But part of boundaries is taking ridiculous responsibilities for what is yours and you own. And you have to own at times that you have faults. And in a marriage relationship, that you are in till death do us part, part of that is realizing I have faults and I can't be so concerned about my faults being known that I get defensive. Because when you get defensive, you start fighting against your spouse and not fighting for your marriage to win. There's a difference. You gotta fight for each other, not against each other. And the challenge in marriage is you're so close that they, my, my wife sees my faults before I tell her. She sees more than I see. When we fear our faults, we become, become defensive. The second thing that happens is, is when we fear our feelings, say feelings, we become distant. You know, here, mar marriage is supposed to be this thing where, um, in fact, there's a word called intimacy. You ever heard the word intimacy? 
And it's, we, we want marital intimacy. We want closeness in relationship. We want, we want to have a level of intimacy. And, and the deeper the intimacy, the deeper in to me see. But if you don't let your spouse see into you, see your feelings, see and, and know what you're experiencing then, then, and, and the problem is, is, is what happens is we, we begin to think that if they really see into me, they're not going to like me, and so we pull distant, and that's why we, it's easier, rather than facing our feelings and talking about them with our spouse, it's easier to work longer hours. It's easier to let our spouse go to bed and watch another, a, a, another, another episode of the television show on Netflix we're watching. It's easier to, 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 to just go bury ourselves in a project than uncover our feelings and talk about it. And when, we di- and when we fear our feelings, we disconnect. We get distant and we back off. And when we back off, we don't communicate. It's like, it's like I, I heard this story about this, this gal goes into a lawyer and says, I want to get divorced. Lori goes, Why? Uh, he says, Do you have grounds? He goes, she goes, I, We have about two acres. Well, no, do, do, you have, do you have a grudge? No, we have a carport. Well, does he beat you up? No, he's lazy. I get up hours before him every morning. Well, then what's your problem? We can't communicate. <laughs> Sorry. All right. I won't share that in the next verse. I didn't have that last service. They didn't laugh about it either. <laughs> But, but, but you know, when, when, when you feel your feelings, you, di- you, you be grow distant and you don't communicate. And, so, and, and there's three levels. Let's talk real quick. Three levels of communication. Three levels of how to communicate. One is the shallow trivia talk. It's the barbershop talk. It's the, it's the you know, let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about, did you hear there's five feet of snow in, in, in Buffalo? They can't play in Buffalo. They got to play somewhere else. You know, you talk about the weather. You talk about other people. Oh, can you believe or, or you tell someone, did you know there's a sale on broccoli at Safeway? Like, who cares about a sale on broccoli at, at Safeway? There's not one. I just made that up, okay, in case some of you are like, there's a sale on broccoli. Woo-hoo! Okay. Um, you know, or, or shallow, like, uh, how's your fantasy football team doing? That's just shallow, trivial talk. It has no intimacy to it, new level of depth. And if your marriage is that shallow talk, you're not going to have the level of intimacy. Here. Hi, Heidi. This is my wife. Isn't she gorgeous? She's my Aztec warrior princess. Um, there's Jehovah Jireh, and there's, Je- <laughs> Never mind. Uh, there, there's Shekinah glory, and then she's, she's my Shekinah glory. Okay. Um, let's go. What was I going to say, Heidi? You walked in, took my mind, just woo. Okay, shallow talk. <laughs> Number two, level talk is talk and share ideas. It's where you talk and share ideas. I, I think this, my opinion is this, I think my boss should have. If I was in charge, I would have. I think we should do this. And you share ideas. You got to start talking about, at least you're opening up beyond weather and other people. You're talking about, hey, I think we should do this someday. And maybe we should do this. And, you know, we, we, should, we, we, should, we should remodel our kitchen. We should... Okay. Uh, let me, never mind. 
That was something we talked about, sorry. Shared ideas. But, we, but the level three is you talk and share feelings. Now, here's why it's important. You know what? Guys have a hard time with that. feelings. This is what I was saying earlier. And guys, we are, I, I youth pastored for 20 years, and I used to tell students all the time that, that uh, more than our biology is different with fe- females and males. And when I say that is guys, um, guys, we're visually, we're visually turned on. Women are audibly turned on. So guys, be careful what you look at. Girls, be careful who tells you stuff. Our ear, a, a woman's ears are very important. And so for guys, if you don't open up and you don't share your feelings and you don't talk to your bride, your bride's ears open up her heart. And, and, and so when it comes to intimacy in a relationship, if a woman's heart isn't open, you're not going to have a whole lot of intimacy in other areas that the guy's really open to. And, and so, so this idea of, of sharing your feelings, and if you don't, you'll be distant. It's this thing. If you don't share your feelings, there's going to be distance. If you do share your feelings, there's actually going to be a, a relationship, an intimacy that your spouse needs from you and you need from them. And, and when, I talk, when I say talk and share feelings, I'm talking about the gut level. This is the way I feel about this. Just the other day, I was sharing something with Heidi. And, and you know, there's days we're busy. Anyone here? Just my wife and I, we live in, she works full-time, I work full-time, and there's, we got kids in basketball, and we have a foster son, and life is just busy. And kids trying out for volleyball teams, all this stuff. And, 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 and so in the past, I said, Heidi, I, I, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I, and, and my wife just, she kind of just quickly just makes a comment back, and I'm like going, she didn't hear me. So then I, I said, Heidi, this is what I felt when you did that. And she goes, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. But if I didn't say this how it made me feel, then my wife's going to think she's just fine because she fixed a problem because her husband needed some coaching. But it opened up the conversation. So I want to encourage you. If you're in a dialogue and something, just sometimes you just say, honey, this is how it made me feel when you did that. And that, that, that opens hearts back up. But see, if we're scared of our feelings, we get distant. And so we can go to bed and, and, and sleep with our backs to each other and not talk to each other cause, cause, because we're not talking. But we have to understand if you don't share your feelings, you grow distant. And so you have to, you have to. In fact, John, John Powers wrote a book that said this. Why, why am I afraid to tell you who I am? And in his book, the, the answer basically he said is, is, is the reason I don't tell you who I am is I'm afraid to tell you who I am because what I am is all I've got. And if you don't like what I am, I don't have anything. But that's the life from the pit of hell. At the garden when they ate from the tree, shame-based thing, they're not going to like who I am. No, 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 no. Lose that fear. You have to realize when you said I do on the altar, when you say I do on the altar, you're fighting for intimacy that says my wife or my husband's going to know. She's, they're going to know my faults. They're going to know my feelings so I don't grow distant. I don't get defensive. So there's relationship there. 
Now, I don't have time to unpack all of this, but real quick, three, three areas that are hardest for us to talk about in regards to feelings. Number one, our feelings, our hurt feelings. You, you ever had a conversation with your spouse and it goes something like this? Is there something wrong? No, 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 I'm, I'm okay. Are you sure? No, I'm okay. <laughs> no, is, uh, no, I'm not sure I'm okay. Okay. I, I, I can tell something's wrong. No, everything's fine. How many want to know not everything's fine? That's where you have to back away. And so we're scared to talk about our hurt feelings. Um, and, and men often think if my wife really knew my feelings, she might not respect me. She might think less of me. But men, she'll think more of you because when you tell her what you're feeling, that's your reality. And she's fighting for intimacy. Hurt feelings, frightness. Number two, negative feelings, frightness. And, and uh, when, when you get married, there's days you wake up and you're euphoric and like, I can't believe I married this person. And there's other days that, that your spouse wakes up and goes, I don't know why I married this person. And, and, and see, the fact, <laughs> I heard someone say, the fact is sometimes my spouse is a pain in my ankle. Sorry, you're expecting, no. We have good days and bad, and sometimes we, we have negative feelings, and, and, and wisdom tells us when do we share all our negative feelings, and when do we realize, if I go to bed, it's not a sin, it's not, I'm not angry, there's some negative feelings, but I can't trust. How many of you want to know you can't trust every feeling you have? There's a whole other topic we can talk about that, okay? You know, if your marriage was emoji, what emoji would it be today? You know? Um, and, and then the third, the third area of, of feelings that we... We don't like to talk about is sexual feelings, and and uh, uh, Adam and Eve, you know, before the fall of man, in Genesis chapter two verse five twenty five it says the man and wife were both naked and they felt no shame. There was no shame there. There was no shame. There was there there, there was not. I mean, they they were naked and felt just great together. There was no bridge in break, break in their intimacy. But when, it, when when sin entered the world, their eyes were open. They're seeing things in each other. They don't like with each other. There's not a whole and 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 they're full of shame and they're naked and and they covered themselves. And and did you realize that eighty percent of couples in America are dissatisfied with a sexual relationship in their marriage? Eighty percent. Which is why it's important for you as spouses to talk, not throw up defensiveness, not, and, 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 and just talk and be open and say, this is difficult, but let's talk about, let, and, and have a cordial, confident, comp, comp, not competition, conversation. Because most people are unable to talk about, uh, most people are unable to talk about sex, so they're scared about it, and, 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 and they're even more uncomfortable when the church talks about it. But God designed it. God said, be fruitful and multiply. God created sex. Devil's been perverting sex. And the church hasn't talked enough about sex. But if you're married, go home and never, okay. Um, I, I saw this joke, and I'm going to say it because it's a heavy moment right now. Man came home from work, walked in, gave his wife two aspirin. She goes, what are these for? It's for your headache. She said, I don't have a headache. He goes, gotcha. <laughs> so we need to talk. We have to share our feelings. When we fear our faults, we become defensive. When we fear our feelings, we become distant. And number three, when we fear, our, when we fear for our freedom, we become demanding. 
And part of that is when you get married, that, that whole how does this work within the context of marriage. And, and, and uh, in verse 16 of chapter 3. And in chapter 3, it's when, you know, God obviously is in the garden. Uh, they've sewed fig leaves. Later on, he actually kills an animal to cover, their, to cover their nakedness. It's a prophetic picture that God's going to die on the cross. And ultimately, only death on the cross will cover the, the, the nakedness of sin in our life, the, the, mar, the, fall, the fallen nature of man. But he walks through chapter verses 15, 16 through 19, the effects of the fall. And one is he cursed the, he cursed the devil and said, you're going to be an enmity between man and, and they'll strike you. They're, they're, they're going to step on you. There's always going to be a fight between the devil and mankind. And in verse 16, he says this. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in the pain, you'll give birth. There's epidurals today because of the fall of man. And he says this, and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. So, so what God is, God's given them a picture that because of the fall of man, there is going to be this tug of war inside your marriage for control or rule. And so, so, so there, there's this, 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 and, and so I, I heard someone say once, I heard, I heard a pastor say once, man, man, I figured out how to have the last word in the conversation. Anyone ever fought for control of the last word in the conversation? So, so this is how you do it. Man, this is how you answer. If you want the last word in the conversation, you say, I guess you're Right. Or, I know you're right. That takes too much humility. <laughs> you could try saying, not in my house you don't. <laughs> that, that won't work, just so you know. But there's this, the problem is though, is we have this fear for our freedom and we become demanding. It's like I, you know, and so, so, so well, I have my rights, you're not meeting my needs. And we fight for our side of things because we want to dictate and control, and, and so, and how many want to know that breaks down marriage really fast? Because how many want to know when you got married, you said no to a lot of rights? It's not Mark's right versus Heidi's right, it's our right. Last night, we went on a date night, and we, we went and had dinner, and our kids are like, you're going on a date again. You went on one last week. I said, no, we had a date night at the church last week. <laughs> we had a date night for everybody else. But I remember, I said, I, I said well, you, but you're all going to leave me someday, and I'm going to pay for some guy to take you. That's a nice way of saying the guy pays for the wedding. But or the, the dad pays for the wedding, not the guy. In my wife's culture? Did I share this already? Or was that last service? Last service. In my wife's culture, Hispanic culture, the man pays for the wedding. I like that. I have four daughters. I like that culture. Okay? So if you're Hispanic, let me know. You can pay for our daughter. No. Um, just kidding. My wife's like, oh, hurry up, Mark. We're done. I mean, no, I mean we're done with the message. Not, not we're done. I'm going to get back to my notes here. Three suggestions when we live in fear. Three suggestions. Number one, it's on your notes. They're already filled in for you. 
Be honest with yourself. Admit it. Just be honest. I, I, I love what it says in Pro, so, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 3. He who confesses his sin. He, uh, he, he, who, he, he who does not, who, he who conceals his sin does not prosper, but he who confesses it and renounces it finds mercy. In other words, just admit you have a need. Number one. Number two, admit to God. Be honest with God. God, I'm struggling. And number three, be honest with your spouse. Talk about it. Here's, here's the challenge. At the fall of man... The, the fig leaf conspiracy, let's just cover it up, let's, put, let, let's, let's pretend like it's going to go away, let's not deal with what we're feeling, but they felt shame, they felt fear, and, and friends, that's going to happen in marriage because the devil doesn't want us talking about it, the devil wants us to distance ourselves, the devil wants us to demand things our way, doesn't want us to fight for, fight for the middle, in fact, next week, we're going to talk about conflict resolution. Excuse me, we're not going to talk about how conflict grows. We're going to talk about how to live and grow through conflict. How to grow through, how to get better. How to move through difficult seasons. How, how, to, how to get past where you're at. We don't have to stay stuck. And maybe you're here today and, 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 and you're like, Mark, in, in 40 minutes, I, I don't feel like my marriage can get fixed. In, it can't. But in Genesis chapter 33, it says, call to me. And I will hear you, and I will do great and mighty things among you. When, 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 when Solomon dedicated his temple, his prayer was, Now, God, would you open your eyes? And would your ears be attentive to the prayers offered in this place? Because Solomon knew that God could do miracles. And I don't know where you're at today, whether you're online or here in the auditorium, but maybe you're fighting for your marriage. And I want to pray over you right now. If you're sitting next to your spouse, or maybe you're sitting next to your, 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 someone you're engaged to, or maybe you're walking through a divorce, it's a difficult circumstance, I don't know. We have divorce care here at the church. We'd love for you to get plugged into that. I believe that you can't take back yesterday, but you can change tomorrow. If you're walking through a divorce... You're not a bad person. You're walking through a bad situation. And God can heal and God can restore and God can make you whole again on the inside. But if you're here today and, you, and your spouse is next to you, your fiance, would you grab their hand? Heidi, would you come up here real quick with me? And, and uh, I just want to pray over you right now. I want to pray over your marriages, pray over your relationships because I believe this God can heal. 20, almost 26 years. Do you still love me? God didn't give me kids. He gave me sermon illustrations on marriage. God didn't give me, uh, God gave me a wife and a sermon illustration. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this day. And I, I just take the hand of your spouse right now. Lord, I pray that you would do a deep work in marriages. God, the devil, the enemy would love to destroy marriages. Would love to put, put husbands and wives at odds against each other, distance themselves. To get demanding, I have rights, they're not met. God, we come to you, we admit we have needs, and we need your help. And let's talk about it, God. Help people talk with their spouses about what they're walking through and become whole, healthy individuals you've called them to become. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.